Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive-through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. Throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Tuesday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports, right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. It's a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. We'll tell you all about Rodney and the gang down at Paul Jones Drug as we move along throughout the show. Coming up, Jared, Hmm. the long national nightmare appears to be coming to an end at 1 o'clock today. Do you know what that is? I'll believe it when, just like uh, <laughs> I see weather forecasted, I'll believe it when I see it. And, of course, we're talking about a Big 12 football schedule. A Big schedule. 12 football schedule should be coming at 1 o'clock. So hopefully we've got that to talk about tomorrow. But before that, well, let's make some predictions. About? Oh, about what the schedule, or just kind of talk about what the schedule could be or might be or what games do you want to see? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, would anything surprise you uh, when the schedule is no. released? And oh, then, you and Texas are going to get screwed. What would cause the biggest uproar with the schedule? We'll talk. Don't say it yet. Let's keep people. Well, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm not saying anything. Oh, I think it's an easy answer. What would cause the biggest uproar? I'll tell you when we get there. Uh, two things on my mind okay. uh, on that one. Uh, we'll hit the NFL playoffs. Me and you didn't really talk about that, or you and I, I guess I should say properly. You and I didn't talk about that uh, yesterday. <laughs> well, are you afraid the grammar police are going to be never calling know. us? You never know. I don't need Miss Wood busting in the studio <laughs> telling me what all I messed up there. Uh, so NFL playoffs, we'll talk about the, the conference championship games. Give, us, give your thoughts. I've got a few things that are on my mind about that. Okay. Some questions that I'll let you ponder. Does the NFL need to revisit their elimination of the third quarterback, the emergency quarterback? See, from 1991 to 2010, that was allowed to bring an emergency third quarterback onto your roster and your playoff roster. Okay. And in 2011, that went away. And, of course, what happened with the Niners Oh, man. Yeah. Is top of mind there. It's like panic mode was setting in. You could see. And I'm in it, and I know right now everybody's going, well, pff, what does it matter? They were going to be – so they'll play their fifth quarterback, you know, if you yeah. had another one yeah. that was on hand. But, 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 before – let's pretend like nobody got hurt. 
And if they were allowed to have an emergency third quarterback with their original group, that emergency third quarterback would have been none other than Brock Purdy. Oh, that's right. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that you could end up with a a viable player to win a game like that, because he certainly would have been. So there's that conversation we can have. What do the Niners do now? After news broke yesterday, Purdy's got a UCL tear in his elbow. That's a six-month injury. What do they do? This is going to be one of the the most fascinating parts of the offseason to see. I've got an idea for them of what they ought to do. High school hoops right off the top. Uh, Brackets for Class A and Class B are going to be released tomorrow, uh, February 1st. Last night, Canute is rolling. The Trojanettes knocking off Class B number one Hammond. Was it 57-54, three-point win for the Trojanettes? Should we be worried about Hammond? I'll tell you why we shouldn't when we get there. I was going to lean on that side, too. I'll tell you why we shouldn't uh, be worried about Hammond. I'm interested to see if we're on the same page about this. Uh, some changes, uh, changes to the schedules tonight, all of those that we know of, we'll tell you about. And then, of course, the 2A through 4A rankings locked in yesterday, uh, one team in particular inside that top eight. So that's what we got on our mind today. Feel free to chime in, 225 225- 9698 is the phone or the text line. That's 225-9698. Give us a call, choose a text. We'll talk about any of those things. Whatever else might be on your mind, feel free to chime in at 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area, a couple ways to stay in touch with the show. Log on to kadsam.com. Download the app. The app's got radio. It's got the Penny News. Big L and Paragon TV. Not sure what's going to be on there tonight. Uh, maybe nothing. Until later on in the week, so there were a lot of games moved. <clears throat> yeah, a bunch of a bunch of them uh, been moved last night. Yes, well, more than we realized. I think I, I didn't see anything. Didn't right. hear anything. Yeah, so we just don't know unless you tell us. Yeah, a lot more than we realized. I believe uh, once I started seeing the results, looking up, looking for one, and going, "Oh, whoa!" I mean, Merritt Minko started like at five. Yeah, that was already scheduled though. Was it for Monday? Okay, I think that was already a scheduled game. It just got My mind just up. immediately goes Tuesday, Friday, Tuesday, Friday. Yeah. I think this is one of those weeks where they were playing a bunch of games. Right. So, anyhow, any of those things that we can help you help you out with, get get out there, uh, we will do. Then again, maybe not, because it shows the 30th, no, no 31st game. So, maybe they did move that one and earlier. But anyhow, we'll, uh, we'll let you know of, of, of what's supposed to be there, what we know is not going to be there. Any of that here right off the top of the show. Also, the Skinny on Sports podcast, kadsam.com. You can uh, go back and listen to uh, any show. I just kind of lost my train of thought. You can go back and listen to any show uh, that we've had if you didn't get to listen live. All right, Jared, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Take the microphone away from me. Let me regather my thoughts. You okay over there? I don't know yet. You're worried about messing up your grammar, and now it's just throwing you off. I know. It's, I don't normally make We're such We're off a, the rails, just completely off the rails. It's not normally such a trivial mistake I make. <laughs> uh, how's your night? Stay warm? Uh, we actually went out. It's one of my favorite things about, the, uh, about being in my wife's family, and that is. Just one, huh? Uh, no, one of my favorite oh, okay, things. Okay. There's many, but way toward <laughs> the top. Careful, buddy. No, careful. no, I'm fine. Okay. Way toward the top of the list okay. is when we get a phone call or a text message, text message from Oompa or Omaw, 
that Oompa is deciding to make backstrap. Oh, yeah. And in, for you, for those of you that don't know, he makes he makes chicken fried steak out of the backstrap, mm. and it is phenomenal. And so that's what we did last night. We did have uh, dueling phones at one until mine went dead. We had dueling phones checking out scores. Uh, we had just pulled up the Hammond uh, Canute finish. We'd been checking the score, checking the score here and there, but visiting. When you texted me, uh, we had just picked it up with like less than a minute to play in a timeout when Canute had the ball before uh, the first time when they all started fouling. And, and there was obviously three or four fouls to give by right. Hammond. But, uh, uh, so that's what I did. Enjoyed backstrap. Shockingly enough, and this never happens, but I didn't have gravy mm. with my backstrap this time. Why? By choice I, or just? Well, here's the deal. I saw Aunt Dina bring in a dish when they got there, her and Will, and I assumed that that was going to contain some sort of dessert item. And I thought to myself, you know what? Because I didn't feel very good yet uh, Sunday. I woke up, didn't feel very good stomach-wise. Yeah. And I thought to myself, you know, it might not be a bad idea because you're going to have whatever is in that container that has dessert. You're going to have a piece of it, whatever it is. And so maybe you shouldn't have gravy. Maybe that, you don't get too much, too much richness into your belly. So that's probably why. Okay. And another reason it was on the other end of the table, I couldn't reach it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. That's it. <laughs> Uh, but it, no, we had a fun night. That it was a good night good. hanging out with the family. That sounds real good. You had a good night too, uh, man. What yeah. a what a great game between the uh, so fun Lady Warriors and the Trojanettes. I can't say enough how fun that game was because it it was a great game, tight game. Canute winning fifty seven to fifty four. But what I took away from it was it was two really good teams playing, and it had that feeling of a late February playoff game where every possession mattered, and it wasn't sloppy. It wasn't uh, turnover fest. It was just good basketball, and and you and me appreciate that, right? And that's what I took away from that. And it's a game where you go, man, that was a good game. Almost, You almost make – I wish we could play some more, you know? Yeah, I, I wish, wish Hammond would have made a three to make it go to uh, overtime. Overtime or something. Deal, yeah. It was just an awesome, awesome game, and um, – um, the speaking of the three, Hammond was kind of held in check from outside. Uh, Henley West was doing her thing, but everybody else just kind of had, struggling from the field. Henley West uh, finished with a game high twenty one, and then it was in the fourth quarter where it w- turned into this three point shooting contest. Harley Binkley had thirteen; she had three threes in the fourth quarter. Uh, uh, Maylie Cheney had a three pointer. Quinby Rainey had a three-pointer. Mariah Espinosa a three-pointer, all in the fourth quarter. And um, so, you know, Hammond, give them credit, they they were down 23-15 at half. And the thing I've discovered about Coach Beer, and you see this a lot of good coaches, is they make those halftime adjustments. They motivate their players in that limited amount of time they have in the locker room, and they come out and you see it. And that's what happened. They came out, outscored Canute 18-17 to in the third. And um, uh, we're still down, though, but – they came back, had to lead at one point in the fourth quarter, but credit Canute. They they kept every haymaker that was thrown by Hammond, Canute came out of the corner throwing a couple more. 
and you got a, a great performance out of Taylor Butler. She had 10. Yet, of course, Destiny Jackson with 15, Kylie Smith with 15. Those are your two natural leaders we always look at. Uh, but the seniors stepped up, Taylor Butler with 10. Jade Gray had a big three-pointer in the fourth quarter. She finished with nine. And i got to point out one kid who kind of had a coming-out party last night, a freshman, Kendall Schuster. She, you know, a freshman gets limited playing time. She knows her role, goes in if, you know, if the game's out of hand or – uh, fouling trouble for Taylor because she plays that low post position. But credit uh, Kendall Schuster and Tatum Ridling. They Those two have never been on the court this year at the same time. I'm speaking of uh, Butler and Schuster. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of threw Hammond for a loop because she was thrusted into a position to guard one of the better players in class being Henley West. And it opened it up a little bit more for Taylor. Something I noticed. It, it, Taylor hit a three-pointer in the fourth quarter and um, – because she was left open, basically. and But then Schuster, she had seven points. She had a big third quarter. She had five of her seven in the third quarter. And she looked, you could see that, we, I talk about this a lot, and you know what I'm talking about. You see that confidence level rise mm-hmm. and rise. And, and she's like, okay, I deserve to be out here. Give me the ball. Or I'll defend her. I'll post her up. Or It was it was very encouraging to see. And that's you know, that's the heir apparent to take over Butler's spot, you know, and, and well, it looks like that transition is starting to happen. Think back four years ago. Yeah. It's in, exactly. in the state title game run. Run to the state title game. Who made the biggest play of the tournament for Canute? Taylor Butler. And Kylie Smith. And Kylie in the, Smith. In the semifinals. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Butler As forced freshman. that turnover. Smith, yeah. For, Smith got the end one, right? It yep. was her. Yeah. You know, and, but that's that's smart, I think, of, of back then, Bobby, now Coach Ridling, to put those girls in those situations in the big regular season games. Like you mentioned, just watching it, and you could tell there was energy in that gym that's not there on some random Tuesday night in early January. No. You could tell that that atmosphere was what you'll, you're going to start facing night in and night out here come a week from Friday yeah and to have them in that position and then not only in that position but succeed I, I can see I can literally see the look on her face that you're talking about as she gets acclimated and starts doing good things just the you can see it, you, you it, can see the confidence you start to yeah. bubble out of a young player like that her her, her body language yes. and, and like you said that and she just in the her she was like, give me the ball. You know, had that look when she Instead was Instead of no, like, no, no, all of a sudden it's like, hey, I'm open. Let yeah, me have it, and I'll right. lay it in. She made a nice little uh, uh, floater in the fourth quarter from the elbow, you know, so it wasn't just everything down low. And right. a nice and one in the third quarter that just blew the roof off. I mean, it probably got the most loudest reception out of the home fans than those threes in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. because you saw Kendall – come in and have a meaningful impact in a game and she's such a likable kid too i know her mom and dad and she's a good kid and, and, and everyone just and, and that that elevates the rest of the team yeah. too you know the home crowd was great they showed up on which is cool because that game was supposed to be tonight and they moved it back and word got out and people take note canute and hammond they meet up and hammond though i mean it, i they're going through a run of some tough teams, some tough games, but I took away they're still have really, really good teams. What were your thoughts on Yeah, I mean, so the question, should we be yeah, worried about Hammond? Yeah. No. My answer is no, and no. here's why. You know what they haven't done yet this year? No. What? Lose to a Class B team. There you go. Okay. 
I was going to say lose to an unranked team. but No, they no. haven't lost to a Class B team yet. It's true. And matter of fact, have beaten the closest Class B team to them in the rankings. Handily in the finals of the Warrior Classic. So, Hammond's picking up some losses here. Yeah, but they're not losing to they're not losing anybody that's bad with uh, with Merritt three times. Now this loss uh, against Canute. Who was their other one? Uh, the, the, the seedling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When, when the when the quote unquote worst team they've lost to is the Trojanettes, who've won six straight, nine of ten, ranked number ten in Class A, and I think for my money, that's probably a little bit too low, but the other teams had already kind of done the work in front of them you know i mean it's just the yeah. way it was because if you're going to take somebody out you got to you got to put somebody in you got to take somebody out it's hard to do that with what everybody else has you know it's just the way it shakes out but when that's the quote unquote worst team you lost to i'm not worried about Hammond whatsoever not so, no it, it no, is I'm it's not. just a, it's a bunch of games against some really good teams back to back to back to back we'll see what happens when the class b playoffs start because as i mentioned they still haven't lost to a team in Class B. No, it, you them in Pittsburgh it, are about the only two that can say that. Yeah, Canute and the Hammond. You won a game like that, but I think both teams at the end of the night walked away better for it. I think so too. You want those matchups, and I was so pleased by it because, I, again, we're purists and we love a good game uh, the right way. And I was, man, that was a fun game because it was so good. Every player on the court, so good. All ten of it was awesome. I loved it. Give me more of that, and just it's just like a pro- playoff primer. It felt like it is pretty crazy, though. At least right now, as we speak, with what's been reported on the OSSAA rankings website, the number one team in Class B has the most losses of the top eight. That is interesting. You don't see that very often. No, you don't. Some, but not all the time. That is interesting. On the other side, uh, it was all Canute boys uh, yeah. beating Hammond. 81 to 55 list and Hammond's just down um you know they're kind of in the same spot with Canute they only have one senior on their team they got a lot of contributors out of uh, uh, younger guys underclassmen uh keep an eye on uh, a kid named Gabe Davis yeah I saw he that he lit it up last night 17 points he's nice little player and I could see him getting he's just a sophomore so I could see him getting better he kind of has that look also Tyson Higgins he only had two points but he did a lot of stuff away from the ball is that Mike's son not 100% sure. Okay. Not 100% sure. I know, but I know they've got a girl, but I didn't know if they had. He had some nice uh, assist last night that caught my eye. Cleet Ivy had 16. And they're going to be okay. It's just He's just one of those years. So, Coach Beer and, and the Hammond Warriors, they'll be fine. Um, coming back, they'll bring back a lot of their production. And, of course, Canute does too. They got uh, one, two, three, started three freshmen. We know their story. Jake Butler was solid with the 13. Kyron Winery. Um, he needed a kind of game like this. He had 15 points last night. It, both that, you know, it's funny. On one side of the, you know, what that game meant for the girls, this I think it, it meant just as much for the boys because they needed some motivation wins moving forward uh, before the regular season wraps up. So Canute goes on the road against Burns Flat, a team they've already beaten, the boys have, and they host Corn Bible Academy. So if they get a little bit of a run going, up their confidence as they go into playoffs – might pull an up, upset here and there. Same thing can be said about Hammond. They finish up the season, I believe, on Friday with Duke coming to town. So it's a tough ask for them. But, um, but again, they're young and they'll be fine. But, uh, again, Canute boys win at 81-55. to 55. Uh, Second time this year they've scored in the 80s. They've done it both 
at home in Canute. So more than likely, Canute's going to be that two or three seed in their district. And, well, I said it last night, there's no place like home. They, yeah. We're probably happy that they're going to be at home. And if they can shoot like that in their home gym, they'll be okay. Elsewhere last night, Merritt beat, Merritt beat Miko on the girls' side, 56-43. to Boys' game was a really good game. Oilers obviously played well but lost uh, to class 2A number 11, I believe. Uh, Miko shook out in those rankings yesterday. 61-57 was the final there. So a, a really a good performance by the Oilers, just unable to get it done against uh, you know one of the better teams in class 2A. Tonight, Elk City-Bethany was supposed to happen at the Pioneer Center. It's not going to. Mm. That game has been rescheduled to Monday, February 13th. So the Monday of the 2A through 4A district will be uh, Elk City hosting Bethany. I'm glad they were able to get that one rescheduled. They were not able to get the Tuttle game rescheduled from a, a week ago Tuesday uh, because of that snow. It, just for the simple fact that you get to see what – you get to see these players. You, you missed out on Landry Allen from Tuttle, who's signed with OU. Because uh, Ia Lofton is coming with Bethany. She's committed to OU. I think she's just a junior. Uh, so, I mean, you, you get to see one of the – you missed out on number two right now, and you get to see number three, you know, in, in those rankings. And, and the good news for the Elkettes and the Big Elks, um, those games don't matter because the locking, the, the rankings are, are locked in. Um, neither team was able to bust the top 20 yesterday. Um, some teams that have, obviously, merit class 2A number three. Uh, so, gosh, when you look around – at what the Oilerettes uh, will probably because uh, Merritt and Ampo are two and three, so they're, they won't be in the same area. Um, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so then, yeah. you know, who is it with Merritt? It's going to be somebody from the East. Maybe that's still – I, I think I think Merritt could absolutely still host a regional with some different teams that are around, Hooker, Hobart. Why not? I think they could. We'll see how that shakes out if they get to. Uh, but the Oil- it, it would probably help in that regard if the Oilers were a little bit higher ranked to be able to host that. So it may go somewhere else. But uh, the Oilerettes are definitely uh, one of the contenders in Class 2A. Um, the the Sarah Eagles end up ranked the boys' side in 2A at number 20. Both Hobart teams are number 10. Thought we might see them creep up just a little but the it just it didn't happen and so Hobart stays at number 10 in both 2A rankings 4A this is unbelievable you know we talk about top 8 and sides of the state yeah. you know if you can get four from one side and four from the other in the 4A girls rankings of the top 8 not only for are they from the same side of the state they're in the same conference five of the top 8 and 4A girls are in the same conference. It's, so, like, it's like the Big 12. It's nuts. <laughs> and, and the boys have more top 20 teams, just as, it's not quite as top as top heavy. But in 4A girls, you got Tuttle, 2, Bethany, 3, Kingfisher, 4, Weatherford, 5, and Anadarko is 7th. So what that means is you're going to have... What are their records? I mean, have they been beating each other up? I haven't been following as closely, obviously, as Tuttle's you Tuttle, 16 and 2. Their losses were to Carl Albert and Caddo. Hey, Bethany is seventeen and one. Their loss was Tuttle. Kingfisher's fifteen and three. Their losses Tuttle, Jones, and Bethany. Yeah, 
Weatherford's 14 and 3. I know they lost to Kingfisher, Tuttle, and Bethany. So, yeah. And then Anadarko, 15 and 3. I believe they lost to Weatherford, Lawton Mack, and then Kingfisher. So, yeah, they're all kind of. I guess Tuttle is the one that. They're losing to good teams, is yeah, what you're Tuttle, Tuttle is the one that doesn't have losses to the others, at least right now. So that's on the girls' side. Boys' side. Kingfisher one, Weatherford three, Newcastle six. So in the top three of the top eight are from that Western Conference. And then four more of the top 20 with Darko nine, Tuttle 10, Bethany 16, and Blanchard 18. So when you look ahead, I mean, there's I have no idea what's going to happen with Elk City. I, I don't. Let me ask you. I mean. No clue. And I've, I've, I've asked this question before. I asked uh, Coach when he was in here. Does it give you comfort or any peace of mind thinking if Elk City can – I know there's going to be – there's so many teams in the Western Conference that are good and the way these are going to rank out. You're going to have to go through one or two of them. But if you go up against a team that's not in this conference, does that not make you feel good? Like, God, we've gone through this murderous row of tough games in this conference. It makes you better, right? Even yeah. though it's kind of like OU. I mean, they look great against Alabama. They're ninth in the Big 12. But they look good. Is that because they've gone up against the Kansases and OSUs and TCUs? Same can be said about Elk City, both boys and girls. You know, you, you think about what happened on Saturday, obviously with the Big 12 outdueling the SEC 7-3. The one thing about it, the difference in that and this is if you look at those games, even the, the upsets that happened on the SEC side, guess what? Every one of them were at home. On, that, on the upsetting team's home floor. You know, Oklahoma doesn't do that at Alabama. Right, right. See, you know, yeah. it'd be hard to imagine Mizzou going into Iowa State and doing that. You know, or Mississippi State going down to Fort Worth to do that. And when you get into these playoff situations, the the the, the better team isn't going on the, the, the lower-ranked team's home floor very often. It just doesn't happen very often. Now, it could if one – but here's the thing about a lot of these these teams in the Western Conference in 4A. It's both. I mean, both ranked. Newcastle is the only one that is that has a one team ranked and the other team not. Mm-hmm. You know, because their boys are good, the girls not so much. But everybody else, you know, Tuttle at two and nine, Bethany three and sixteen, Kingfisher four and one, Weatherford five and three, Darko seven and nine. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, you, it's you don't have that unless you happen to get Newcastle. You know, they're not going to march onto your floor, which. That's the last thing you probably want to see, especially if you're the you're the Elks in a district. So I'm really interested to see what's going to happen uh, for for all these uh, the the bigger schools here coming up on Friday when those playoff uh, assignments are announced, where everybody goes. Because man, it's tilted pretty far west, uh, especially in the girls of 4A this year. Um, 2A wise, Merritt and they're kind of them and Ampo are kind of by themselves. And unlike last year, where they were split, kind of, you know, where you could see that company, they're not going to put two and three in the same area. So what what is the travel like? Where do they go uh, for, for the Oilerettes? And, and honestly, for Ampo, even though they're, they're closer to the middle, obviously, so that it's not going to be as much of a concern. But, yeah, where does Merritt end up uh, having to travel to in order to uh, to go to the big house? It will be interesting. Hey, it's a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday Rodney Skinner at Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street here in Elk City. 
They are the oldest compounding pharmacy in Elk City. They got the most experience in that. Free local delivery, drive-through pickup, curbside testing, and vaccinations. To tell you all about Paul Jones Drug as we move along throughout the show. Coming up next, we'll recap what happened on Sunday with the conference championship games in the NFL. Different thoughts. What's what's going to happen moving forward with some of these teams? We'll react it next. Skinny on Sports and a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medications safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all of your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug. 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back, Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Yeah, good point on the text line with Woodward. Don't forget about Woodward. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, them kind of being up there all by themselves, but back in 4A, so they will affect this somehow. Mm-hmm. Well, it's last year. Uh, for instance, they're right down here playing district in the Pioneer Center. It's like they're on their own little island up there. It's kind of odd. Uh, it's Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. They played. They used to play really good basketball on that island. They did last those, year. Those girls were. Well, I just go back to our high school days oh. where they were just incredibly good, nationally good. Oh, very good. What was that Bowers? Kayla Bowers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good basketball. Yeah, all she did was go to Texas. I believe they won. What they won it in two thousand, maybe two thousand and one. Can't remember. Shoot, yeah. they just won it a couple years ago. The title? Yeah. Within like the last five or six years. I'm surprised you remember that. It was. I wasn't. I just remember. Uh, you know, UConn dominating forever. Then. Now the rise of like Notre Dame and South Carolina. Has Texas been in there? I'm talking about Woodward. Oh, I thought you said Texas. No, I'm talking about Woodward. I said Texas. Caleb Bowers went to Texas. Right. I no, no, I'm talking about Wo- no, 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 no. Oh. I'm talking about Woodward. Yeah, no, yeah. They, they just won it a few years ago. Did they? Yeah. Uh, Go ahead and Google it up. I'm going to. I'm going to say like 2016. Bam. 2016. Yeah, that that's um, that is. Uh, I think it was a little bit of a surprising title, but you know what it shows you. And this is no this is no shot to anybody because nobody in this class can hear us. Quite frankly, four A in girls basketball is way better than five A as a whole. It's just the truth. Oh, I can get on board with that. Oh, there's no doubt. It's not even close. The depth and the quality depth in 4A is way better than 5A. I would love a, uh, a tournament where we have all our champions put together. In, in a ter- oh, wait, that's Tournament of Champions. <laughs> More or less, it's all the mm-hmm. it's a lot of the state title winners or runner-ups. Yeah, the thing, the thing about the, the on the girls' side, though, the birth of Frank Teague is so... Yeah. What's the word? It's cool to go there. Prestigious. Yeah. That 
some of the better teams don't go to the tournament of champions if they get a chance to go there. Yeah, that's true. Boys side, they were all there. That's where you want to go. And 2A Dale was your winner. Yeah, that's a good argument for after the season. What class was better? I mean, you just mentioned Hammond girls. Haven't lost to a Class B team, but they've lost to Merritt, now to 2A, lost to Canute last night. I but you have you. to wait till it all shakes out, right? Well, I mean, right now, I think you could start – at least the the intersectional matchups are about over. Right. I think you'd have a hard time. I mean, Class A girls, they've got some pelts on their wall. I, I'm wondering, just looking way ahead, will there be a couple teams that are state-worthy? I mean, because Tushka beat Caddo the other night. Yeah. Tushka's what, 10? They're 19th. 19th. Caddo's two. two. And was undefeated with wins over Class 5A. Let's see what they're ranked now. Hang on a minute. Uh, the west side of Class 5A, number one, Carl Albert. 4A, number two, Tuttle. And 3A, number two, Bethel. That was their road to win the Bertha Frank Teague, and they did. Ceiling. Went to that uh, the Holiday Classic in Mustang, and beat ranked teams in six A and four A, and then lost to six A number one defending state champion Edmund uh, North in the final. So yeah, <clears throat> I mean I think he, I mean, that's that's pretty that's pretty ridiculous to be that good, that small, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we just mentioned four A. I mean, of course Cato got Cato got Tuttle, but man, there's a lot of strength in there. And of course, you know, then you see the bigger schools, and it's like a they play a totally different brand of game. Right? Yeah, I know. I mean, it's so it's, much more physical, and yeah, you know, could you hold up to it? Certain teams can, certain teams probably not. You know, I think you can make the case that last year, and matter of fact, these two teams played. If I don't, if I remember correctly, and it was almost it's like an overtime game, but the champion in four A was class in SAS. They might have been the best team in the state. Period. I think they played at Edmund North and lost by two, something like that, right before the playoffs started. Just a heck of a game. So, just because you got the the larger numbers before your A doesn't necessarily mean that you uh, are the best in all classifications. Right. Speaking of doesn't necessarily mean you're the best, do you think the best team in the NFC is playing in the Super Bowl? Well, based on seeding, <laughs> my okay. answer would have to be yes. Okay. You got your one seed there. You do have your one seed, and you do have the team that won the most games, lost the fewest. Do you think Philly really was the best team in the in the NFC this year? I'm starting to believe it. How they've come out and have not had any kind of a trouble in these playoffs. I mean, it's not because of the quarterback. It's because of you know, which you know, same could be said about the Forty ers too. But, but it, I mean, that the, that offensive line is the best this year or this season, hands down. That offensive line, when you got Lane Johnson back and what they're doing, what they're creating for every possible play, is so good, and that's hard. And I, that's a trend. You know, going to the trenches. If you want to start talking about best teams. They're one of the best teams because of what they can do up front. So that's my argument. Yeah, I'd say 
I'll lean, yeah, that I think they are the best team in the NFC out of the NFC. I'm not sure Brock Purdy would have made a difference. I know you might feel the other way. Well, I know I, for sure not not having him did. Oh, well, of course, but I don't. I had a feeling even going into that game. I picked San, or, uh, uh, the Eagles to win. I did too. I felt like it was going to come to an end for the 49ers, mainly because of location, you know, and and because the Eagles are good. Yeah, I mean, you look at the 31 to seven score now, and you're and everyone just goes, "Oh my gosh, the Eagles just trounced the 49ers." That game was over as soon as Brock Purdy got hurt. But the truth of it is, it wasn't. No, no. With two, with two minutes to play in the first half, it was 7-7. That's true. And the Eagles get a touchdown. Johnson just drops the snap. And the Eagles get another touchdown. Then it's over. I just can't help but think if Purdy is in that game, well, first off, we know it's a much different game. But also... It's it's impossible to say. Well, the the Niners would have won when they get dominated the way they did without him. But I would have loved to have seen that game with him, because it it was pretty obvious to me that Jalen Hurts isn't right yet. Did he not? He just didn't seem. You know, some of those throws. It felt like he just couldn't. There was some. He weren't lasering it. It was all pretty lofted, mm-hmm. and maybe I mean there was wind, and and I get it, but. It just it just didn't seem like he was totally comfortable, and a big part of that was that Niners defense, you know, and they did what they did. And if, gosh, if there's anybody that ought to ought to feel awful about what they did this weekend, it should be Kyle Shanahan, for multiple reasons. Number one, not challenging the catch of Devontae Smith, which takes a touchdown off the board. Like there's no there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. That was fourth down. It was an incomplete pass. They do not score a touchdown there. Period. End of story. There, there's no ifs. That that doesn't happen. And that wasn't even the most egregious thing he did in the first eight minutes of the game. Who in the hell thought it was a good idea to block Hassan Reddick one-on-one with a backup tight end? And they did it multiple times <laughs> in the first six minutes of the game it got your quarterback hurt and on the next the second possession it almost got a fumble down inside the 10 and then finally they quit doing it like who drew that up that guy being blocked by some backup tight end which it went exactly the way you thought it would reddick just ran right through by him or through him or whatever he wanted to do and started wreaking havoc until they changed their idea of what they needed to do. But, I mean, we just sat here and talked in Elk City, Oklahoma, and I could have told them that was a terrible idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, not even a, a, a left tackle? You're not even going to – do some, or a right tackle? You're not even going to bother yeah. blocking him with a tackle? The, do coaches like Shanahan just kind of outthink themselves? Right think, there. You know what? This is the this is the curveball I'm going to throw at him, and I'm going to stick with it because I'm right. I'm or, not going to make that switch. Or just this is how we do it. Too and, prideful. And, and, and well, just this is how we do it, and you know this this works when you run these little boot bootlegs. It might against certain people, but when that other dude is Reddick and he's had a mo- a monster season, that just isn't. It ain't that ain't it. And the problem was they didn't really get a chance to realize it ain't it before the game was decided. 
before the game completely changed the first time they tried it. And then Brock Purdy gets his elbow knocked off, and the game is over. For all intents and purposes. Gosh, there's a lot to unpack with San Francisco. What do you do? If you're John Lynch right now, your quarterback situation you have, what do you do? Man, I, even before the injury, that that was a question for me. I think Jimmy G's done, right? He's he's his bags are packed, right? I mean, don't they feel? But now this injury comes up. I mean, what's that put him? Purdy, that is July. Yeah, six at months. At the earliest. Yeah, yeah you're, you might as well just say August or. I mean, OTA is done. Uh, you might get back. That, that's around fall camp, but you're going to be late fall camp. It's going to be late July. Yeah, training camp probably. I mean, you're, I think your best case scenario is he can make it through a full training camp. That would be best case. I think that's your best case. So Trey Lance still QB1. You got Purdy if they want to keep him, and I think they want to. But I think Jimmy G is gone. But does this change his performance? Does this change what they think about Purdy? He was four for four. Yeah. He didn't do anything wrong. Literally. Except I for mean, getting hit on the elbow. This isn't a life-altering injury. I mean, he can come back from this and still whip it, and he's fine. And I haven't seen anything like that. So how about this? How about they do nothing? They keep all three? Well, here's the beauty of what they've got. Trey Lance and Brock Purdy are on rookie deals. Yeah, I know. One of yeah, which is the, that's why they don't have to move them. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, they don't have to. One move One of them. which is the last pick of the draft deal. Right. I think Jimmy G can find a home somewhere, kind of rehab, you know, his career and, and try to restart it. And well, heck, he was undefeated when he came in before I, he got hurt. I know, and and that's what he can lean on. Go look, this is what I did until I got hurt. I can come over here. You know, they don't want me at San Francisco. I want to go over here with you, new coach of the whatever. But these two guys, you're right, they're on the rookie deals. They'll need, you know, obviously a little bit more depth, which they could find in the free agency market. Maybe draft another Mr. Irrelevant. Who knows? But, yeah, yeah. that's a good one, point on the text line. There's probably going to be an interesting quarterback battle if Purdy is able to get healthy enough to be in that battle. Oh, sure it will. But the moment but- Trey Lance, if he gets to start – and it's week one, and he throws an interception, you're going to hear grumblings in Levi Stadium. Oh, uh, I man, I wish we got Purdy out there. Well, here's his question. There might be a quarterback battle all the way into the season. Will either one of them be healthy? Yeah, what is Trey Lance's health like? He just had another surgery in December on that ankle, and what it did was it removed the hardware, like the plate or whatever. Yeah, like pins or whatever. That yeah. was inserted back in September. And it was uh, for irritation is what the the official diagnosis was, that it was irritating his bones or him or whatever. So they took that out, whatever that hardware was. That's why – that is why, in my mind, you can't just – I mean, it, it, Jimmy G's a, a free agent, so he's free to do what he wants to do, right? Mm-hmm. But even if you're him, you probably want to play and you probably go somewhere else. But it would almost be a little bit enticing to think, well, if these two young guys can't be healthy, I can nab the job to start. I start off winning. What, are they going to replace me? You know? Yeah. 
because it's hard to imagine he can go to a better team than what he's at right now with the Niners. I think it's fascinating to see what they do. I mean, in my mind, Purdy and Lance are 100% there next year. There's no sense in moving either one of them. Because no, not, of, they're, not, they're not costing you anything. No. No. Until you know what you've got. Here's the problem. You don't know what you have with Trey Lance. You've got a better idea of what you got with Purdy than you do with Lance. Mm-hmm. So, in my mind, you have to have both of those guys. And they battle it out and see who wins and see who can perform. And, you know, is, is Trey Lance just really good in practice and not very good on game days? And Brock Purdy's maybe not the best practice guy, but, boy, is he good on game days. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's pretty awesome. And the other game, how about Mahomes? Holy Moses. Listen, that was one of those Michael Jordan flu game type situations, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, because you know, I picked I picked Cincinnati not having any idea how healthy he would be, being pretty sure he couldn't be a hundred percent healthy, much less, you know, ninety or so. If I would have known before the game he was going to look that like that, my confidence would have been way higher that Cincinnati would have won because he wasn't right. Yes. And for him to battle through that and do what he did, I mean, he could, you know, how many two or three different throws over the middle that just dive bomb straight down to the right because he can't push off and throw it. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just throws that he makes with his eyes closed if he's healthy that gave, you know, hung Cincinnati in there. Mm-hmm. On, on soul crushing times, but Mahomes that that's a that's a legendary game for him to be at whatever percent healthy he was seventy most seventy five at the most. Not only that, but then have all those dudes go down at receiver. Did you hear what Jim said yesterday about throwing it to the guy that the one guy Kemp Kemp had more tackles than catches this year. No. And he threw it to him on the last on the, on the next to last drive. I mean, that's what he was operating with. That is the kind of stuff where those are the only guys that deserve to get the money they're getting at the quarterback spot because he's elevate when he can elevate that guy in the AFC Championship game to make a catch. I mean, come on, that is that is the stuff. Yes. And he was awesome. There is no taking anything away from Patrick Mahomes, no matter what you believe about some of the other stuff that happened with with Ron Tolbert, uh, the AFC Championship Game MVP, who also was uh, you know blowing a whistle. I'm teasing, sort of. <laughs> but what did you? What, I mean, what, when you were watching that, what did you? What were you thinking? When my, I'm like you, I was immediately tuning in or, or hyper focusing on, just like everybody else was. Even the camera. I'm sure they had one cameraman. Your job was to watch Mahomes' ankle. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> That's it. That's all you got to do. But I was the same. I'm watching. I'm like, you know, my what I'm looking for is his mobility. You know, you know, even just even just a little bit of mobility. Has does he have to you know shift a little bit to the right? Maybe throw off his back foot. You know, stuff like that. Well, how's that going to affect uh, his his ability? And it, I didn't see it early, and then I started thinking. Cincinnati's in trouble, mm-hmm. you know, and and that coupled with the fact that Burroughs was sacked four times before you could blink, I thought Cincinnati's in trouble. But but yeah, Burrow or uh, uh, Mahomes is, we know it. He's a special guy when he's 
and I said it too. I I don't I don't think we'll ever know how what percent he was. We'll probably never know that. But you know, I said it around that and I heard it someone else say around that 75 80% mark, if that's what Mahomes is, he's still better than most quarterbacks in this league because of his his arm, vision, stuff like you talked about. And then coupled with the fact that he was able to move a little bit, it changes everything offensively for Kansas City. Yeah, it was pretty wild to watch cuz he he was having trouble like mid third quarter into the fourth it was it, you could yeah and then all of a sudden it's that just, shot he didn't get was wearing off yeah, or the just the adrenaline and and everything to make that because it never looked all day long like he could make the run that he made to force the penalty and all that he just didn't look like he had that burst and then when it mattered the most there he went you know what I mean? It was just like, wait a minute, this guy's barely been able to move in the pocket, and now all of a sudden, he's out running dudes to the sideline. Like it was just, it was a special performance. I hated the call. I mean, I said it yesterday. I hated that call just because, not that it wasn't a penalty, just because of where it happened, when it happened, when, how it happened, yeah. the the acting. I mean, that may have been the best part of his game was the flop that he clearly did. Come on, his feet got tangled up and he dove, but you can't. If you, you can't, can't put yourself in that you situation. You can't be there to make to, no. to give the officials a chance to make that call. Put your hands up at least. Try and, to act and, and like Hilton you're not. did. <laughs> Mike Hilton was coming from the from the secondary that way, and he did. He stopped, put his hands up, and then as soon as Osai touched Mahomes, Mahomes dove into the bench, and Hilton just put his hands on his head, and you could literally almost hear him saying, "No, don't do it, don't do it. Oh no, you know they're going to call that." Yeah, that's all that. Uh, that's. Oh, Osai, all gas, no brakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew it was coming. I still laughed at it. <laughs> I mean, it, but here's the problem for, for Bengals fans or people that think the, the refs screwed the Bengals, which there were calls that were definitely not trending the Bengals way. There, there's no doubt about that. But Kansas City outgained them. Kansas City didn't turn it over as much. You know, Kansas City won the time of possession. Kansas City, they, Kansas City did the things that make the other fan base cry about the refs. And that is win the game. Make the plays win. And and Butker makes that field goal cold into, you know. Yeah. He had no chance to make it without those 15 yards, but he did. And here's the problem. Even if they don't make that call at the end, there's no guarantee Cincinnati wins that game. Right. Mahomes can still get 10 yards. Yeah. And and they kick it anyway. Yeah. There's no guarantee that. and, And here's another thing. Joe Burrow had the ball. A couple of times to win the game and didn't do it. Right. And this all fan reaction, it, it's very similar to when when New England was dominating the league. And everyone rooted it because they just want someone else. Sure. You want to see the king get toppled. And that's, you know, I, I was guilty of it too. I'm like, well, here we go. We can get Kansas City in another Super Bowl against Philly of all people. <laughs> Two of the most humble fan bases ever get to meet in Phoenix. That was overreacting. That was a – I'm joking. Anywho. No, you're not. I'll still watch, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. You have to watch. Because based on season results – It's the best two teams. It's the best two teams left over. Left, That's right. Left for us. So, I'll watch. No, I can't I don't know watch. who I'm rooting for. Probably nobody. It's not quite a meteor game in my mind. I, I mean, I just eh. – Maybe because I'm a Dallas fan, I'm leaning towards Kansas City. 
Then you got to deal with Sean to see if they Philly. win. Now, here's the problem with Philly. The town's going to burn either way. <laughs> they win or lose. They're going to riot and go crazy and turn over cars. Grease the poles. <laughs> we'll be back. Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Paul Jones Drug Tuesday right here on the Skinny on Sports. Rodney and the gang at Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main. We've got the long-term care unit packaging, the convenience packaging, which is individual. Uh, They'll individually package your daily meds so you don't have to fill up your little pill caddy by yourself and try to figure it all out. They do it for you. It's so easy. Uh, durable medical equipment. Most insurances are accepted. And, of course, there's also gifts and greeting cards. I utilized Paul Jones Drug for a couple of uh, Christmas presents to myself. Really good stuff. Uh, Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main, down and uh, um, a little bit north of downtown Elk City. Paul Jones Drug, care you can trust. Give him a call at 225-2121. Okay, Jared, first off, do you believe there really will be a Big 12 schedule released at 1 o'clock this afternoon? Well, I guess I have to since the Big 12 actually tweeted out that it's happening at 1 o'clock. They said, or I think it was like yesterday, it said like Tuesday, 1 p.m., and the and the replies were gold. Uh, Tuesday in April? Which Tuesday in April <laughs> are you going to release this? Yeah, but um, no, I think, it, yeah, we're going to see it. I think the bigger question is, what are we going to see? Who's going where? What new teams are coming to Stillwater and Norman? And, um, and on what days? Yeah, what do you want to see? Is there anything that you want to see, like – Gosh, with these teams coming in, I want to see these two play. Number, uh, well, well, I'll get to that second. My first thing I want to see is will there be a bedlam? There's kind of been some uh, talk that maybe that there couldn't be because of the added teams, and so I'm, I'm anxious to see will there be. I've seen scheduled leaks, and I don't, I'm trying not to buy too much into that. That has OU OSU playing, but um, so that's number one thing. Number two, uh, yeah, I'd like to see. Um, and I'm with uh, TJ. I want to see BYU. You know, BYU brings a lot of uh, cachet, and you know they've, uh, you know, they're kind of one of those traditional. I mean, they're not a blue blood by any means, but they are a team you recognize when you see them on TV. That's BYU. I'd like to see them come to town um, to OU or OSU. Uh, you know, and I like to see just for uh, rooting reasons for OU being a fan. I actually want to see them go to Florida. Go to Central Florida because recruiting wise, you could bring that brand down there to Central Florida. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you I know, you. hey, go invite, have some visits, go invite some uh, some kids down there to come watch you play. Not a home game by any means, but it's an it's a way that brand I speak of. You take it down there, maybe get some inroads and to some high schools. Couple things there. How about you? You know what I really want to see. If if you gave, I mean, I listen. I know this isn't going to happen. I get it, but you know what I really wanted to see about this Big Twelve schedule? What's that? OU and Texas not on it. 
You think the Big 12 would do that? That No, that means they're in the SEC already. Oh, I see what you're saying. I thought you meant like the game. No, 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 no. No, no. Uh, I'm yeah, talking about yeah, neither yeah. one of them on it. So they'd be in the SEC already. Oh, That's a, not going to happen be because both of their we logos. We heard about that. Both of their logos are in the Big 12 tweet, the video and all that. So that's not going to happen. Yep. I just want to see what the balance is as far as how how the, the, the games are balanced, how the strength is balanced. <clears throat> and, of course, uh, here on the text line, where's Bedlam? Where's Bedlam? Not if there is one, because I don't think there's any doubt that game's going to be played because of the uh, the TV contracts and, and generating revenue with ads and all that. But where's it going to be? Well, we, why wouldn't it be in Stillwater? Well, we've seen this locally. When districts get redrawn, sometimes you got to go to the same place twice. Sometimes you got to go to Clinton twice. Sometimes Clinton comes here twice. Some, you know what I'm saying? That's what you're saying. Now, now the, the way it gets redrawn, yeah, that's uh, I think that is a possibility. And, and that, that's the thing too. You mentioned the money. If it's the last bedlam for the foreseeable future, what draws in more money? Sells more tickets? A bigger stadium? Well, they're worried about TV as much well, as anything. I understand though. that yeah. too. I understand that too. And, and I, I think specifically with Oklahoma and Texas. I think you're liable to see three. Yeah, Sam's right. Oh, you had to go to Stillwater twice, but Remember the that? Pokes came to, to Norman twice back in the 80s as well. Back to back. 86 and 87, if I'm not incorrect on that. I'm pretty sure I'm right because 85 would have been the Ice Bowl. Then the next two years, I'm almost positive OSU was in Norman. Um, One thing that I think you might see as far as OU in Texas I think you'll see the new teams on their schedule. All of them? For sure three. And here's why. I think part of the negotiations and why it's taken this long to release some of this stuff is I think they're trying to – I think the Big 12 and maybe some the schools that are left over, the question was, are you willing to not play in the final year of the Big 12, those teams, if they'll, come, if they'll promise you a home and home in the future? Because like with, with what we've seen from Oklahoma's schedule, the, the leak anyway, there was no Kansas State, no Baylor. But will they get return home and homes once the Sooners go to the SEC? And Texas is going to be in that same boat. Are there going to be a couple of teams that they would you, you'd want to see in the last year that they're not going to play just for the revenue that you're talking about later on down the line that can be generated from those teams they don't play? And given the favoritism toward that, to the teams that have been here, not the teams that are coming. I just want to see if that's the case, because that's been kind of one of those theories about why it's taken so long to get this thing released. That's something we won't know for. Well, I do. I mean, we're not going to know today. No, 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 no. That's but a, I, something that was agreed upon. But right? I think that if you if you do see Baylor and, and Kansas State not on OU schedule, and say Iowa State and Tech not on Texas's, I think you can start to surmise that at some point we're going to see those games happen. Or if it's OSU, and uh, I can't imagine Tech not being on Texas' schedule. Let's say, it's, let's say Texas doesn't play OSU and Iowa State. I think you start to look ahead at possible non-conference trips coming up, maybe not even in the, in the near future, but at some point I think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I th- if that theory is right. Yeah. What do you think would cause the most uproar this afternoon when the, when the schedule is released? 
No Bedlam. See, I wouldn't know OU Texas. As far as the most, but I'm saying yeah. the most uproar, that would be it. And what a and, and listen, if you're the Big Twelve and you really are as butthurt as you have acted, what better way to screw the two that are leaving <laughs> than not schedule them? Who would to be play? more upset? Both. OU Texas or the city of Dallas? All three. <laughs> you know how much of a revenue generator that is? All three. I can't imagine. I'm like you. I can't. But as far as causing a stir, that would cause the biggest stir. Yeah. And in my mind, the other thing that would cause the biggest stir is the Bedlam's in Norman. Yeah. I can hear the howling now from northeastern <laughs> I, Oklahoma. I can hear Doug Gottlieb now. <laughs> Which is a possibility. I think it's a more real possibility than no OU Texas. Oh, it's a hundred percent more of a possibility than no OU Texas. Anything else that you can think There's of? There's the talk. What, what of about the, the Friday, Friday night game in Norman, Black Friday? I mean, it, it's always been kind of known that OU has been very adamant to never playing a game outside of a Saturday. Although they did do it on that Sunday a couple years ago when Houston came to town during Labor Day weekend. But you made a good point off air. It's because they are able to shut down campus. It was a holiday. Nobody was there. It was a Sunday. Same thing would technically be true for Black Friday. So there's there's a leak that has TCU coming to Norman. That's something interesting. I might be able, after sitting here thinking about it for 10 minutes, get on board with that. If it's a night game, if it's primetime night game, Friday night ABC, I'd be on board with that. And – It'd be the last regular season game of the year. Who knows what it could be for? Well, and but that's that's the question though. Would the would whatever network that agrees to pick that game up, or yeah, Fox or yeah, Fox or or, or uh, ABC, ESPN, whatever, would they agree this far in advance to maybe a time for that one? Maybe that's the only way you would get on board with. Maybe it. so. It's like fine. You want us playing on a Friday night game? You don't give us enough night games. You never have Big Twelve. That's really the network's problem. But maybe that's the way they get on board. And then just this is a a piece off of that that I know another reason why Oklahoma's really tried not to play on a Thursday or Friday is because of high school football in this state. Trying to avoid going up against the Friday night lights. here. So at that point – This would be semifinals at this point. That's correct. And so, you know, you you always see – you know the 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 OSSA work around the times if they can of the in-state schools. So would that give then you could guarantee all semifinals being played on Saturday or some Friday afternoon? Maybe Friday afternoon before that Saturday. game would play. Yeah, something like that. Very possible. I think so too. But I think that's going to be a consideration if that is the case on that Friday. I think because I do think they, the state schools do a pretty good job of trying to avoid that at, if at all possible. I do too. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. We'll get to talk about it tomorrow. Maybe. <laughs> Believe it when I see it. I mean, listen, the Big 12 has had egg on their face many times over the past decade or so. If they go to the if they go to the links that they did to put that out there last night and then don't fire out a schedule. I can't even tell you. Everybody have a great day. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cowell.
Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back. Goodbye. Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medication safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all of your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust.